This is exactly right. Hey, Scotty, picture this, all right? Mm-hmm. You're a young woman living in London in the 1920s. You've mm. embraced your post-war independence and started dabbling in activities that were previously reserved for men, like driving. Ooh, and do I get to rock a chic, chin-length bob? Of course you do, and you Ooh. carry a cigarette in one of those long holders. Okay, I do love this for me. Okay. I knew you would, and this isn't just hypothetical. You can take on this persona when you play June's Journey. I love June's Journey. It's a way to activate my brain, my eyes, and my thumbs simultaneously. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a New York socialite living in London, when June's world is turned upside down when she learns of her sister's murder. June must immediately return to New York, but she has no idea that this is the first in a long line of troubling mysteries. You'll play as June as she investigates design scenes set within lavish estates. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes. This is a delight to play. It uh, is so fun. It's colorful. It's beautiful. I like uh, I like a ticking clock for me to have to figure these puzzles out when I get them done. I yeah. feel thrilled on the inside. Folks, it's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Hey guys, it's Kurt with a late last minute show ad. I'm going to be in Philadelphia October 13th to the 15th at Helium. Philly, I'm coming back. It's going to be fun. I'm doing stand-up. We just added these dates, so come out and see me. Uh, You know, it'll be a a very fantastic time. Link in the bio and all that sort of thing. You know what I'm talking about? All right, man. Scotty, ready? It is windy. It's going to rain in Los Angeles. I'm in a great mood today. Me too. I'm ready. You're about to be in a better mood when you hear this. <laughs> 81-year-old man selling his prairie dog vacuuming business. Well, then, we will try not to suck it up on a very, very rocking episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, that I'm looking at is Scotty Landis. That over there, not far away, only about two miles away from me, but I'm looking at him over Zoom, is my homeboy, Kurt, Curdy B. Brownoler. What's up, man? We're not about much. to get dumped on. We're about to get T-Storm. I cannot wait. Um... And I want to remind everyone, of course, that we're going to be in Minneapolis and Kansas City. See, speaking of storming through the Midwest. October 20th and 21st, go get tickets on our Instagram. We'd love to see you. Be like Tacoma. Be like Tacoma. Be so loud that it 
actually hurts my ears when we walk on stage. So we've had, uh, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches on bananas. We've had just so, so, so many great guests, but we've specifically had incredible music guests. And today we carry that tradition forward. I'm so excited. Yes. Our guest today, an amazing musician, her band Mm. Beach Bunny just released Mm. their sophomore album, Emotional Creatures, and you should buy Mm. it right away. Please welcome the fantastic Lily Trefilio. Yes. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We're so glad to have you. You, I can tell you, you're in a hotel room. That's correct. I got double though, so I'm living the luxury life. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just? Did you just drive into whatever town you're in? Yeah, yeah. We drove from one Texas city to another Texas city, so I'm somewhere in Texas. (laughs) Good. It's a big state. It's hard to keep track of. Are you on a sleeper van yet, or are you on a tinier van? This is only a week of tour, so we're just doing tiny van mode. Nice. Good. When Scotty and I travel, we literally go just uh, on one scooter. He stands yep. on the back, uh, like a bird yeah. scooter. That's the way we get to show, <laughs> from show to show. Which is very strange, um, <laughs> but intimate, and uh, it's brought us closer it as has. a comedy duo. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, how, how, so you're just doing a week long, uh, tour right now. Where are you? Yeah. Um, so this is, will be our first time doing any arenas, which has been really crazy. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're an opening band, so that's always fun to just kind of get the benefits of the arena at, uh, half the work. <laughs> oh, um, wow. I'm pretty sure we're in Houston, but I, I told my dad we're in Austin, so I'm I'm getting all mixed up. <laughs> and who are you opening for tonight? Is it uh, Death Cab? No, it's Panic no. at the Disco. Panic at the Disco. That counts. Have you played one before? Have you played uh, an arena yet, or is this your first one tonight? This is the yeah. This is our first time doing stuff, and um, yeah, I mean it's been crazy. We're only one show in, so I got to experience that yesterday, and was super nervous. I kind of just yeah. blacked out the whole set. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's like fit like it's it's 10 to 15,000 people that you're playing to. Like what it, like I can't even imagine. The, the biggest thing I've ever played is rock um what's it? Rock <laughs> I'm saying Rock City Musical. That's not it. Rockefeller Center. What is it? I mean, I love what you're going for right now. What? Radio City Radio Musical. City Musical. <laughs> the biggest place I've ever played was Radio City Musical. And I think Radio City Musical is only like 2,000 people. It's not actually that big. Um, so I can't imagine an arena. I, I feel like it's, it's weird, though, because they have a pit in the front that makes it look like it's a small gig. And the lights kind of blind you. But then the house lights go on and it's like holy shit, there's way too many people there. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so cool. I bet the energy is amazing. Ugh. Did you That's guys awesome. have an emo phase growing up? I, oh, sure. I had like a, um, I was just into a very specifically only lesbian punk rock bands from the Pacific Northwest for about three years. <laughs> and it was the only thing I listened to. Uh, and I was obsessed. I was obsessed. Third Sex, I was really into. Team Dresh, I was really into. So yeah, this is all like just like mid-90s kind of like Olympia Washington scene. Um, but that was like the closest I got, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I went old. 
I think when I was young, I went like I went like Chuck Berry. Like I, I was like, I'm going to start at the beginning, like early <laughs> Elvis, <and> Patsy Cline. <laughs> you know, I was like 16, and I was like, I want to see where this began, and listen to Buddy Holly's greatest hit CD until it broke, and like ukulele music. I don't know. I was just on a different <laughs> path at 16, I suppose. <laughs> I guess I was happy. Maybe. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like now you've you've learned the whole history of music? You're up to modern times, or are you are you stuck yeah. in era? Oh no, no. It was funny because when 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 we heard that you were coming on, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna listen to some Beach Bunny for the last two months or whatever." So I'm actually in. I think I yeah, I'm starting fresh. Where I like love new music now, and it also might be coming out of the Great Choir, where like the idea of going to live shows has become so much more appealing and so much more exciting. So yeah, I'm back. I'm back for the new new. <laughs> Amazing. And um, uh, whenever you play Los Angeles, we have to come as well. I know oh, yeah. you played uh, a couple months ago, and I missed it uh, for child-related reasons. Um, but we got to see you. We'll be there. We'll dance. We're, we'll ride that scooter up to your concert together, and then we'll dance. <laughs> we'll ride it back home. Do you guys want to hear about this 81-year-old selling his prairie dog vacuuming business? Well, let's get into it. Yes. All right. This Desperately. was sent in by Emma Laurent. Um, this was uh, published in Cowboy State Daily. <laughs> We're digging deep. Emma is digging deep for us. This was just recently published, so I do believe this business is for sale currently. Um, this is by Mark Hines, public lands mm. and wildlife reporter. He's good. Uh, he is the best in the biz when it comes to Absolutely. Cowboy State Daily News. That's right. Uh, here it is. Willing to work hard and interested in a business opportunity? How does making yes. a buck by vacuuming up live prairie dogs sound? Uh, for more than... Not great, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> For more than three decades, that was a cornerstone method used by Dog Gone Prairie Dog Control, great name, founded and run by Gay Balfour of Cortez, Colorado, an amazing name. Yeah. Uh, I still have all my equipment. If you find somebody who's interested, I'll sell it to them at a reasonable price, Balfour told Cowboy State Daily during a telephone interview on Friday. At age 81, he's finally ready to retire. In 1991, Balfour was struck by the ingenious idea, I guess it's ingenious, of modifying a sewer cleaning truck into yes. a gigantic varmint vacuum machine. He figured out how to use the truck suction power to pull prairie dogs right up out of oh. their holes alive oh. at velocities approaching 50 miles per hour. <laughs> However, oh, he no. also fashioned the machine... Oh, no to slow the critters down as they approached a padded holding chamber inside the machine so they could okay. be captured alive. Okay. He said the idea for the... This is the best part of the whole goddamn article. He said the idea for the vacuum truck came to him in a dream for which he credits his faith. Quote, I asked the Lord for help and yes. had the dream one night a short while later, he said, of vacuuming... Of vacuuming prairie dogs. Jesus Christ <laughs> explained to him how to vacuum prairie dogs. The next day, he found the truck for sale. The next day, he found the truck for sale at a nearby municipal a wastewater sign. treatment plant. I mean, then it just goes on to all the different jobs uh, that he does. It's. I thought 
he was cleaning out tubes, like underground tunnels, to make prairie dogs' lives easier. I was like, this guy's a good Samaritan. Oh, yeah. This guy's just, things get clogged up sometimes in life, and he's just rotor-rootering it out. But no, he's sucking 50-mile-an-hour prairie dogs into a truck that's hit a mattress and then fall to the ground. <laughs> but then Incredible he, like, brings thing. them, and they keep, they keep to, they get to keep living. If you want to get rid of your prairie dogs, this is a, this is a sustainable way to get rid of prairie dogs. <laughs> Is fucking vacuuming them up. Oh, where do they go then? Where do they go? I do not know. I don't know. It would be very funny if he's like, "Well, we've gone to all of this trouble to make sure they don't die, and then we bring them to a lake and drown them in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) We launch them into Crater Lake. But don't prairie dogs carry the Black Plague? What? I'm almost paused. Katie, do you mind googling that? I'm pretty sure prairie dogs carry the plague. I know what I'm saying sounds insane, and I also heard armadillos carry leprosy. All right, I believe that. So, Katie, if you can let us know, but so maybe this guy's doing a great service in preventing the next worldwide pandemic, <laughs> or was. Now he's too old to suck prairie dogs. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a, a prairie dog in the wild? I don't think so. I I don't really know where they'd even be, like the Midwest. I'm guessing, but I I think I get confused prairie. between prairie dogs and meerkats. Like I don't think if in a lineup, I could be like, that's a meerkat, that's a prairie dog. <laughs> They're adorable, though. They're funny little guys. Oh, okay, so we're getting mixed results from Katie. At first, it says prairie dogs are highly susceptible to the plague <laughs> and, the primar- <laughs> and the primary food source of the highly endangered Blackfoot ferret, which is also susceptible to the disease, but okay. that might not be true. But they're adorable. I, when I go to the zoo, I'll hang out and just watch the prairie dogs for a while. I mean, if you're watching prairie dogs, you might be watching meerkats. You know, no, who knows? I look, the that's thing true. is, what I'm saying is I'm happy this guy's selling it. I'm looking to get into a different business. Show Side business hustle. is terrible. Uh, I want to get into a more reliable source of uh, money because I just had, I will tell you, I had one of the worst gigs of my entire life. We could talk about nightmare. If you have a great nightmare gig, think about oh, it. Yeah. But mm. I like maybe a month and a half ago was hired and I have no idea why. I was hired to do 20 minutes at the Bel Air Country Club. Like, the, okay. you know, like where they brought the, the, the prince, where they brought the fresh prince, like the richest people in the whole country. Sure. Uh, like the most, they are the Bel Air Country Club. Great sense of humor up there. And I told them before, I was like, I have no golf material, guys. And they're like, that doesn't matter. These dudes just love to laugh. (laughs) And I was like, all right. And I figured they've done this before, right? And it's like this annual golf tournament or whatever. And so they have entertainment. So I go. Billy Bush is hosting. <laughs> oh, boy. First off. Uh, red flag number one. He opens with a bit where he has like a, uh, a Trump impersonator leave a message like complimenting everyone. Oh, so okay. that's the opener. And it destroys. People are screaming. <laughs> they love it so much. Then another guy comes up and tells like a joke that's just like, like where they all sing a song together. It's so weird. It's the weirdest Rich place I've ever weird. been. Yeah. I get up. And I start doing stand-up. I do. I'm not kidding you. I do 20 minutes of my best material that has worked everywhere across the country. 
to dead silence. They wow. were just, and it to a certain point, like 10 minutes wow. in, 10 minutes in, I started just being like, th- like, I just started talking about it. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm <laughs> saying jokes, and you guys are staring like you don't understand English. And they like nodded. And then I was like, I started panicking. And I was like, oh, I got to maybe like le- not do material. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to talk to these people. But then the only thing I remembered was that in the audience was the, mm. was the guy who had like bribed the rowing coach to get his kid into USC. Do you remember that? Sure. Yeah. I remember that scandal. Yeah, that guy was in the audience. He had gone to jail for that and had just gotten out of jail. And was in the audience at the Bel Air Country Club. And so I was like, talk, um, most of my material is about having kids, you know? And so I was talking about, um, I was going, I want to be a good dad, you know? I want to I be a good dad. You know, I just, I just really, really want my kids to go to USC, you know? Like, I would do anything. <laughs> If my kids could go to USC, like, honestly, I would go to jail if my kids could go to USC and they were silent. No one even cracked a smile at that. Oh, no. It was crazy, man. It was so insane. It was the most embarrassing performance I've had in 20 years. Easily. But did they pay you? They did, the did check pay clear? Me. They did and pay me. Cares? It wasn't enough. It was $1,000 for 20 minutes, and it should have been $10,000 for how much oh. it was horrible. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Lily, Lily, do you have a, hor- a horrible performance that, that, that comes to mind? Oh, geez. I mean, there's quite a few. <laughs> One that was, like, still surprises me. It was... um. I had gotten broken up with like shortly before I played and this was before um, I got signed or anything and the label people were coming to this specific gig. I had just found out that he was seeing someone new like minutes before I went on stage and I get on and immediately like start singing the first lyrics of a song about him and I'm like blubber blubber. You're kidding. No, for real? It, it's a mess. I'm like, oh, God. Luckily, the, the audience was great. They were like, we feel you, girl. We've been there. <laughs> yeah. Screaming the words. And then, um, yeah, after the set, all the label people were like, that was amazing. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it probably That's infused cool. it with so much emotion that people were like blown away, right? I suppose so. It worked out. I think, yeah, usually when it comes to bad shows, it's just I'm having a bad day and and just don't want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. No yeah. one's insane, thank God. <laughs> that is so interesting, though, because like, you also hear about, like to that point, like a lot of times when people go to shows, they don't consider that the comedian or the musician has a life. And a day and had to get there. And all the things that led up to the exact moment they walked on stage, which literally seconds before somebody can say, by the way, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? Um, and But then you hear about those bands that, especially in like the 70s, like the Bob Seger. Sorry, I'm a historian. I studied music from 16 on. <laughs> but uh, that would play like 340 shows a year or whatever. And you're like... What like and how did you how do you get yourself up for those shows? Because sometimes you get dumped, or sometimes you dump somebody, and then it's like now I got to go sing out there. 
Uh, I mean, I went and saw Shania Twain a few years ago, and she was she was about to sing "Still the One," but she had just gotten like her second or third divorce, and she just said it to the audience. She was like, "Y'all, sometimes things don't work out the way they should." <laughs> But we got to keep trying. And then it's like, then she just starts singing a song about you're still the one. <laughs> we're still in love and we're going to be together forever. <laughs> it's like, poor Shania. Especially with songs that are like uh, some of the popular songs. It's like, God, I still have to keep playing this, really. <laughs> I, know. I can't even imagine. I, as a stand up, if I'm doing something for like a year or two, I start just like hating the joke. Um, <laughs> But luckily with stand-ups, people don't want to hear jokes again. They want to hear always new material. But with you, with, with musicians, like that's what they've come to hear. They've come to hear their favorite song off of you, like your earliest EP. Yeah, that's true. good point. Have you guys seen what um, Elton John has been doing recently? With yeah. Britney Spears? Yeah, he did it with Britney. He did it with Dua Lipa where he's he's just taking, he's taking all of his hits and a new hit. But instead of like um, sampling other people's music, he's just resampling his own songs. Interesting. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, he's got a big enough catalog. I mean, wow. I saw Ozzy Osbourne sing Crazy Train last night and he used a teleprompter halfway through. He did so, for, his, know. for Crazy Train. He literally sung that song. I mean, he's an old guy. He's million. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, but still, it's like he's sung it one million times. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably it. I think it's probably so on autopilot. It's gone beyond autopilot right. back to pilot. He moved beyond <laughs> autopilot back to pilot. I love that's that. That's cool. <laughs> Dua Lipa is, I like Dua Lipa, I think she's cool, uh, and so I, whenever I'm pitching movies now, they, everybody wants Harry Styles in their movies for obvious it's reasons, crazy. he's like the most famous person in the world right now, and so I always throw in a Dua Lipa too, and when I'm like, and then they're backstage, and who's in the room that's super zen? Harry Styles, they go out, and who's fighting the monster? Dua Lipa, <laughs> and... For Harry Styles, people are literally like fist pumping in the air and high fiving themselves. And for Dua Lipa, I can see all the old white dudes like like cock their head, like who is that? <laughs> and then all the young like junior executives are like, yes, that would be so cool. She'd be great. But uh, yeah, Dua Lipa is my go to. Like, let's throw a curveball and see who pays attention these days. <laughs> I like that cool. the idea of in a pitch where it's like you don't have Harry Styles attached. You're just mentioning his name, and they're like, all the yes, time. yes, I like. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know who that is. I know who that is. It's uh, a lot of that. Give me another one, um, Scotty. Here's one from I think it's Caledra Serpentina. I think it's Caledra, the okay. Serpentina. I'm sure of. So thank Love you for that sending name. it in. Written by Best in the Business Asia Grace. She types words for NewYorkPost.com. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Yep. Um. Also, Lily, so many of your songs are emotional and they're about breakups or they're about unrequited love or they're about... So this one, this one has a little love twist in it. Sorry, Mom. Bride's wedding invitation accidentally sends guests to Pornhub.com. Yes. Beautiful. Fantastic. The bride-to-be is kicking her wedding day off with a bang. Boom. Asia Grace, That's guys. great. Asia, thank you. Asia, Whatever college you went to and studied journalism, they taught you well. New York this Post. Be, I don't agree so with. Good. I don't agree with your politics, New York don't Post. Like your but I love your headlines and I love Absolutely. your opening lines to to stories. This bride to be is kicking off her wedding with a bang. 
An absent-minded fiancé accidentally directed guests to her upcoming nuptials to Pornhub.com, the X-rated content platform with hardcore clips of porn for folks getting their freak on, rather than to her official wedding website. And it's true. We'll, we'll post a picture of it. It is a classic RSVP for a wedding, like I'll save the date, and then it just says at the bottom, please RSVP, Pornhub.com. <laughs> right to the point. Wait, wait, wait. It actually is written on there? It actually says yes. Pornhub.com? It's it not just like a link that says like here, and then it actually takes you? It just... <laughs> it fully tells the guests to go to www.pornhub.com. Quote, I got my wedding invitations in the mail today. I made a very large mistake, <laughs> confessed the blushing bride. Uh, I forgot I put this fun website as a placeholder. She added, showcasing her gold-trimmed RSVP card and zooming in on the Pornhub address where her wedding information should have been printed. The call to action to the saucy site was also linked to her chic reception info cards, which read, <laughs> which read quote, for more wedding details... Please visit our website, www.pornhub.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. And uh, the something new, or the something old, something new, something barred, and something lewd misprint wasn't her only flub. Oh, wow. I mean, that's a long what? walk, but I'll take it, Asia. <laughs> it's for, yes, for a failing industry, we'll take it. The forgetful future miss also failed to update the information about the lodging accommodations <laughs> she arranged for out-of-town attendees for her big day instead of naming guests a posh hotel or resort she unintentionally listed the super eight motel for her wedding guests overnight destinations we've all been in a super eight i forgot to put the super eight motel uh, i put it as a placeholder and well until we figured out our hotels we were going to block it off somewhere better uh if you're our guest i promise we didn't block off rooms at the super eight then she went um to offer an abject apology to friends and family most notably her mother for her screwy oversights mom i'm so sorry i will fix it the wacky wife to be vowed now we're just calling her names <laughs> <laughs> he's just turned on her i think it's funny personally she continued but i don't think everyone's gonna think it's funny especially my family <laughs> and nate's family and literally anyone else <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Uh, Absolutely beautiful. Oh, I love it. Also, it's so it. funny that you don't actually have to put a, a placeholder. You could just put website. You don't... <laughs> when you're making a design, you could just have some letters. I love that she, <laughs> she went out of the way to make it. I love that as a fizzle card and then another follow-up card being like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Well, why not? Invit wedding invitations now are like five steps anyways. It's like everything about the wedding industry is like add something else. So now it'll be like, here's your excuse card. It's a pardon card. And you just send it in between things to clear up any information. It's $15 a card. It's got a <laughs> watermark. It's so bad. I went to high school with a woman who later on got into porn. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know until I was back after college. And you know how like after school... When you return to your hometown and like you see your old friends, but something's a little different. Mm -hmm. Like you've changed, they've changed, your references are off just a touch. And I'm not going to use the the fellow classmates' real name, but uh, <laughs> I met a buddy for beers and and he's like, "Did you hear Laura is doing porno now?" And I was like, "No, I didn't hear that." And he's like, "You don't seem that surprised." 
And I was like, well, I'm not surprised. And he's like, why not? So this woman, Laura, was in my homeroom and sophomore year, so I was probably like 14 or 15, uh, I noticed on like Tuesday, she was wearing the same clothes that she was the day before. And she also walked in homeroom smoking a cigarette that she had clearly been smoking in the hallway up until that point. And these two girls in the back of the class are like, Laura, you wearing the same clothes? And she just turns and goes, last night I fucked my boyfriend on my motorcycle. And we all just looked at her. And I go, what? She goes, Scotty, last night I fucked my boyfriend on my motorcycle in downtown Baltimore. And I was like, oh, I was like 14. And being like, well, I guess this is the world. I guess this is how I'm stepping into things. So yes, six years later, I was not shocked to find out that she had found the adult entertainment industry. In downtown Baltimore, too, in in what, like the early 2000s, was this late 90s, early 2000s? Late, probably late 90s. Oh. Well, I was probably 99. And yeah, but <laughs> she also had a Russian accent. She was she was from Russia originally. And so she was like, I fucked boyfriend on motorcycle. Oh my God, and I'm like, this is the cool. Best. This oh, is, yeah. I Sit- love this person coming in smoking a cigarette as a 14 year old to a high school homeroom yes. class. Comes through at 8.40 a.m., walks out of the hallway, holding a cigarette that's bent down, walks over, throws it out the window. Uh, I think my homeroom teacher is named Miss Henderson. This is the coolest 14-year-old in the entire universe. Oh, I know. And she also might have been 20 at this point. It's like, who knows? (laughs) And Laura, like, sits on her desk, like, butt on the chair, feet on where your butt normally goes on a chair. And we all just saw that she was wearing the exact same thing because it was, like, noticeable outfit. And her excuse just... Nobody teased her or just silenced everybody. We're like, that's the most legit story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> what are the, how does that work? You know, it's not like a, <laughs> it's a motorcycle. It's, it's a motorcycle. It falls over if you kind of move it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to go to my high school reunion and see if she shows up. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Curtie B, do you want to tease us into an advertisement? Sounds good. Here it is. Uh, oh, here it is. Perfect. Man wins lying down championship by lying down for 60 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tour life, Lily. It's like being in the back of a van. You know, you got to catch your Z's where you can. Well, we'll be back with a little more snoozy, snoozy bananas. Hey, Scotty, picture this, all right? Mm-hmm. You're a young woman living in London in the 1920s. You've mm. embraced your post-war independence and started dabbling in activities that were previously reserved for men, like driving. Ooh, and do I get to rock a chic chin-length bob? Of course you do, and you Ooh. carry a cigarette in one of those long holders. Okay, I do love this for me. Okay. <laughs> I knew you would, and this isn't just hypothetical. You can take on this persona when you play June's Journey. I love June's Journey. It's a way to activate my brain, my eyes, and my thumbs simultaneously. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a New York socialite living in London, when June's world is turned upside down when she learns of her sister's murder. June must immediately return to New York, but she has no idea that this is the first in a long line of troubling mysteries. You'll play as June as she investigates design scenes set within lavish estates. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes. This is a delight to play. 
It uh, is so fun. It's colorful. It's beautiful. I like uh, I like a ticking clock for me to have to figure these puzzles out when I get them done. I yeah. feel thrilled on the inside. Folks, it's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Folks, we are back. Scotty, do you have any shout-outs before we get back to our fantastic guest? Four quickies. Naomi uh, Hampson, or Naomi Hampson, is shouting out her dad, Dr. Roger Barth. The newest edition of his book, Curdy B, The Chemistry of Beer, The Science of Suds, was just published. All right. The whole family's involved. They do the art. They shoot the cover. They do the photography. If you love beer and you want to learn more about making it and the chemistry behind it, buy the book. The Chemistry of Beer, The Science of Suds. Uh, Sherry wants to shout out her son, Xavier and Sebastian, who both started new lives in different cities across the country. I think they both went to colleges in Missoula and Providence. There was a kid named Sebastian in my hometown whose nickname was Boob. I don't know why. Boob? Boob. B-O-O-B. Okay. We all called him Boob. Nice guy. Uh, Ashley Botkin is shouting herself out for surviving a gnarly jellyfish attack. And she sent photos. I mean, she her legs got annihilated. It, but she, she is she Australian? I don't know, but she is allergic to jellyfish oh, stings wow. on top of just the normal pain of jellyfish stings. So, Ashley, we're happy for you. Wear a wetsuit. Uh, and finally, Door to Shore 2 is October 8th. Last year, we were hoping for 3000 and we beat that to um, support Cast LA. This year, we're looking for 6000 Curdy B and I are going to walk out our front doors, directly across the entire city of Los Angeles, into the Pacific Ocean, fully clothed. So if you have a few bucks, please donate to uh, Door to Shore. We would really appreciate it. That's all I got. Thank you. And we are, of course, here with our fantastic guest, the woman behind Beach Bunny. Mm. Please Mm. welcome Mm. back Lily Trefilio. Hello, hello. (laughs) Lily, I love... I love it. I love your singing voice, Lily. When did you know you could sing? Could you sing as a little kid? Oh yeah. I I was I did I did a few things. I was also into Elvis. I started quite young. Really? But I yeah. but I was singing in my normal voice. I'd kinda do like a like uh, kind of thing to my voice. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. I'm from Romania, so I would sing in Romanian, um, which was just gibberish, but I remember my aunt flew English and I was like super cocky as a four year old. And I was like, don't worry, I'm I'm the entertainment for the night. Let me let me sing you a little. And um, 
I think after that, she she yelled at my mom and was like, why aren't you teaching her Romanian? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty voice, but why aren't you teaching her Romanian? You know she any, sounds insane. Do you know any Romanian now? No, not, not that much, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so damn good. Well, your new album, well, album came out early summer? July, mm-hmm. July in July, right? July 22nd? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love do it. my research. We love it. I listened to the whole thing today. It's, it's co- like the perfect length for driving around LA because everything in LA is like 45 minutes away. So you're just put on the album, ride the ro- emotional roller coaster the whole way to Gelson's. And I was, wa- I was watching on YouTube and then I realized two of the videos uh, for the first song on the album and Weeds are like a continuation of like one like kind of like mini space movie epic. Mm-hmm. Did you did you write that whole thing or like how did that come together? Yeah, there's actually three videos, so there's you might three. have missed. What the? <laughs> I missed. I missed the third what? one. Huh? <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I I wrote the concept and then um, everyone else helped it come to fruition. It, the set and everything was insane. Um. And yeah, it was definitely like a COVID project. I was watching a lot of sci-fi and stuff while we were in lockdown, so it it just worked out that way. And I'm I'm really happy how they turned out. I'm I'm glad that they make some degree of sense. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great, and it has like little elements from different like sci-fi genres, which is really nice. Um, there's like a little Star Wars in there, and then there's a little uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Manhattan. Is it Professor Manhattan or Mr. Manhattan? What is it? Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. I'm Mr. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> uh, it was great. What What was your favorite? What was your favorite sci-fi that you were watching? Um, I watched Forbidden Planet with my dad kind of recently. That That's one's really cool. One. It's it's just insane how they made the effects and sets back in the day and like all the layering with stuff. But um, yeah, I also grew up watching a lot of Doctor Who, which is like the corniest yeah. show of all time. But, um, you know, it has a soft spot in my heart. So I, I still rewatch it whenever I want to feel like, I don't know, nostalgic. and sure. It's comforting. Like, it's comforting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the way I, I feel the same way about Star Trek: The Next Generation. I can just like put that on and immediately be comforted. Like that's my watching Friends. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm. It's always just well, though when it's um, if you have company and you're like, no, trust me, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, no, it's not. And you're like, well, I can see the holes now. Now that you're looking at it, but. <laughs> <laughs> halfway embarrassed and are like trying to overcompensate i'm like no 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 in five minutes like the twist is gonna come up we just have to you know keep watching <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand 40 years of context so let me just summarize it really quick okay <laughs> doctor who there's been a lot of them i i love that but like also from a distance everything's kind of corny like 
I always laugh when I see old limousines from the 80s. Like when you see one drive by, it's the stupidest vehicle you've ever seen. But 30 years ago, it was the height of elegance and, and success and sophistication. And now you see an old limousine and you're like, who would have gotten in that jalopy? Like it's the crappiest thing ever. <laughs> I think everything's that way with a little distance. I think I've talked about this with <laughs> this before, but it was a long time ago. I remember there was this one epic night in Williamsburg, probably 1998 or 1999. We were at this warehouse party um, with, with that had, it was like a dance studio warehouse. So the floor sure. was specifically made so that you can dance on it. So it was like a bouncy floor. And Fun. we didn't realize that until like hours into us being there. And we had like taken a bunch of Molly at the time we called it ecstasy. And uh, we're like on the floor. I was like, well, is this floor bouncy? And it was like, <laughs> it was actually yes. bouncy, but it was like a real revelation. And then we come out of the party at like five in the morning and there was this car service because it was before Uber. It was Eastern car service. So you'd call oh, yeah. Eastern and Eastern. So they're like cars on its way. And then up pulls. It was a uh, it was a it was I, I believe it was a Nissan Ultima uh, stretch limo. Like I've I mean, never gosh. seen anything like it. It was like a compact car <laughs> that was just long. And then we got in it and the, and I remember specifically the, the fabric on the ceiling was, drape, was hanging, droopy. was hanging yeah. down, mm -hmm. but it was really long and it was like a Nissan Ultima. It was like a, a car, like a Nissan Ultima. Yeah. And I was, we were just like, this is only happening because we're on drugs. There's no way that this car goes around normally picking up regular human beings. <laughs> and we were just like laughing for the entire 45 minute ride home. It was Beautiful. glorious. Great night. You still remember it? I still remember it. I wish I could find that car. That's what we're going to take to Beach Bunny Show when you guys come play the Palladium. <laughs> Kurt and I are going to arrive in a <laughs> Nissan Altima mini stretch limo. Is it, cr oh. is it crazy playing amphitheaters where you have to like walk for like an enormously long period of time just to get from like one place to another place? Oh, absolutely. Great it's, question. I, I feel like, well, okay, I've only done one, so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Your old hat. Based on yesterday, uh, it, they also like kind of keep, they kind of keep all the hallways and stuff Um. I guess they're like halfway underground, so it's no windows. You have no perception of time. It's Weird. just you're there to do the thing. And mm -hmm. <laughs> asked midday, I was like, we, "Like, are we allowed to leave? <laughs> How does this work?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have a helicopter pick you up and bring you to the closest Sabaros so you can get a slice. <laughs> <laughs> are there Sabaros outside of the airport? I don't think so anymore. I think they're only in airports now. You know, when you want big ZD at 8 a.m. at an airport, <laughs> there's no finer business than Sabaro. Italian for don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now boarding. Um, I remember seeing, I saw Bruce Springsteen and I got to go back. I was backstage seeing Bruce Springsteen at Giant Stadium before they tore it down. Damn. And, uh, and so we were all the way, like, at the end of the show, we were like, behind the stage. And, like, Bruce ends his, like, third encore or whatever after playing for, like, three and a half hours. And it's just him. So the band still keeps playing. And it's just him. We're just standing there. The only two people. I don't know why we were allowed back here. 
we're just standing there. We watch Bruce Springsteen walk off the stage and then just like turn and then walk down. I'm not kidding. A giant, like, you know, it wasn't even a hallway. It was just like an airport hangar for like one full mile to get to his dressing room. He was just holding his guitar and walking. We were just sitting there. He walked for like 12 minutes. <laughs> be like, why can't the dressing room be closer to the stage for Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Lily, Kurt and I want to direct your next music video. It's yes. you walking off stage away for the entire length of the song and just two fans watching you go one shot. But you keep getting older and older until at the end you're just a skeleton and then you dissolve into dust before you get to your dressing room. <laughs> oh, sounds pretty good. Sounds to me. pretty good. All right, I'll read this thing. Yeah, we forgot what it was. Remind us. Here it is. Man wins lying down championship by lying down for 60 hours straight. Uh, this was sent in by Hero McNulty. Thank you, Hero. Great name. It has a great name. This was uh, this is posted on Oddity Central, so we don't I'm know. It three times a day, I'm refreshing that <laughs> screen on Oddity <laughs> Central. I got to know. And it's written by Spooky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spooky wrote this for Oddity Central. We are digging the bottom of the barrel of these <laughs> stories this week. Lily, I'm so sorry. We're, no, we're usually Guardian. Yeah, we're always BBC. the Guardian. The Atlantic. The Atlantic says submarines fart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. In a competition where the goal is to do nothing but lie down for as long as possible, one man emerged victorious after spending 60 hours lying flat on the ground. Ugh. The village of Bresna in Montenegro recently nice. held the 12th annual edition of its, quote, lying down championship, <laughs> an unusual competition where the end goal is to spend as much time lying down as possible. Sounds easy enough, but as time passes by, your bones and muscles start to ache, your limbs go numb, and you yeah. just feel the need to get up and stretch. This year, the champion managed to lie down for 60 hours. There's a photograph of him. He is the funniest looking man in the history of men. He looks very <laughs> pleasant. He's so happy to be lying down. The pageant Novik competed against nine other people lying down on the ground in a local park. They do it outside. Everyone was allowed to I bring... Mean, even crazy. I know. Everyone was allowed to bring things like phones and books to keep themselves occupied as they lay on the ground, but one by one they started getting up until only two people were left. Zarko Pejanovic from Zablasia and Vuk Kuljadzik from Dan Lavavgrad. Uh, that's, um, that's, I'm not kidding. Those are the names. Uh, at one point, the two competitors started joking about splitting the title of champion, but Pejanovic was determined to bring home the title of 12th lying down champion. And after about 60 hours, he won 60 hours. Sounds like a long time. The lying down championship was reportedly created by a man named, oh, R Radoja Blagojevic to poke mm. fun at the stereotype that Montenegrins are lazy. For winning this year's edition, Zargo Pejanovic takes home a cash prize of 350 euros, a lunch for two at a restaurant, a weekend stay in the Montenegro ethnic village. Oh, yes. What? And that sounds fun. A rafting experience. And a rafting experience. <laughs> they got to wake up somehow. That sounds fantastic. Have you ever won anything, Lily? <laughs> um i i can't recall off the top of my head i i did want to try out for american idol when i was in high school uh-huh but yeah. it just kept being like uh homework tests whatever and I, I never got around to it i always 
I always imagine that the American Idol auditions are like a legitimately like a line around the block where there's like 5,000 people all holding like cowbells and like drum kits, like just waiting in this insane line. I'm sure that's not actually how it works, but yeah. Well, you, Kurt, shot a commercial, Lily, with Kelly Clarkson not long ago, but you said she was great, right? She's very nice. Yeah, very. To me, she's the one. Because yes. she won the first one. And to me, that's like w- with reality shows, it's always like the first cast that you're the most into because they have, they, you know, she didn't quite know what it was going to be. After you see her, then everybody goes, I want to be Kelly Clarkson. But, but also but, Kelly Clarkson's like her, her like hits, like they fucking rock, you know, like they they're still, still hold up. And you're like, this is an American Idol winner. Cause like, I mean, you're used to American Idol winners being like, it's kind of schmaltzy, but that. All of Kelly Clarkson's music of the two songs that I've heard are like, oh, this is of the pop genre. This is like a very good song. Absolutely. Good. Lily's the only one that could speak with authority on this. Yes. Do you like Kelly Clarkson on the record, <laughs> Lily? On the record, Lily. <laughs> this is what everyone's been waiting for. I do. Yes. <laughs> Everybody does. It's a trick question. Who can't like Kelly? Miss Independent? Come on. Since you've been gone, come on. Where's my karaoke go-to? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great idea. I can hear you in my head destroying <laughs> that. That's pretty good. I um, And if, if for no, I love her even doubly so because, man... They ran the shit out of that commercial because people love <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. And I recently started like they ran it and then I stopped getting checks for it. And then recently I got another check for it. And I was like, what is that? Are they running this again? That seems weird. And then I saw the commercial and it's m- just my fucking hands. Just my hands are in it. So they have to keep paying me. And I love <laughs> Kelly, Cl- Kelly Clarkson even more now. Yes. Yes. She's so famous, she can make your hands make money. My hands are making money because Kelly Clarkson is near them. Can That's you put so your hand model now? Like, can you I write? Can. Yes, I can, Lily. I love that. You need to throw that in the bio. My hands that have never had a manicure and look like uh, a leathery lizard just came to <laughs> sit <laughs> on your lap. 60. How long was it, Curdy B? How long was that? How long did that guy lay down? 30? 60 hours. 60. See, but like, aren't people in the hospital for like months? Yeah, yeah but they have to like, be like rolled and like there's a whole thing to like can prevent bed sores and stuff like that. Yeah. Is there, what is you, you think you could do for 60, what is it, hours? 60 Strict? hours. I don't Without know. sleep. Hmm. That I mean, is it lying without sleep? That's also that would be extremely difficult to do. What could I do for sixty hours? No, hmm. there's nothing I could do for sixty hours. That's two. It's two days and like it's almost three yeah. days, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like Twelve hours less than three days. Seems like a real bummer. Seems like, uh, I mean, maybe, the, I mean, the guy did get a free rafting trip out of it, which is good. He got to go to the <laughs> ethnic village of Montenegro, which this time of year is gorgeous. Just absolutely beautiful. Oh, I know what I could do. for two. I know what I could do for 60 hours. I could mm-hmm. take a train ride. Yeah. Okay. We do love a train ride. I love a train ride. Two and a half day train ride. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. If I got a sleeper car. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Because even when... 
like when I was a kid and you would go to like, you know, Bonnaroo, you go to like a whole weekend festival or something like by that third day, you are <laughs> burn it down. You are a, you're a different person than you were going in by the end of that. <laughs> when they're well organized and the weather's great and the bands are cool. And, you know, even when you're hydrated and you have food, you at the end of that thing, you're like, yeah, I'm coming out of this a totally different human being than I am going in. <laughs> I we um, God, this just came to mind. Uh you know how like some people can fall asleep anywhere? Like there's just some people in life that just like just close their eyes and they're asleep. Uh-huh. So I was working on a TV show and it was like a coworker thing where somebody was like, let's go to Monster Jam. And Monster Jam is like monster trucks. Yep. And so there was one at the Anaheim Angels baseball stadium. It was outside and it was like, this is a big one, guys. They're all the big trucks, Bigfoot. <laughs> Grave digger, Hercules. And you're like, okay. The one that so like transformed just, into a robot and shot fire out of its yes. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one that's got like razor blades on it and one that shoots fire. It's so fun. So there was a group of us going and more people signed up. And it was like the accounting department and the music department. And it was everybody. And so we decided to rent a limousine uh, instead of driving. And we take this big ass limo down. It's all these people I've never socially hung out with, which is already kind of strange. strange. And you're going to Monster Jam. And we're going like an hour to two two hour drive, really, from L.A. uh, And everybody's getting drunk and half the people are doing blow. (laughs) So it is in the in the stretch limo to Monster Jam, just all out in the open. They're just like, we don't care. We're going to Monster Jam. Just going so hard. And that was the accounting department. That was that, Brian from the accounting department. He brought her, all the cocaine. I'm not going to name names, but it <laughs> might have been from the accounting department. And I think the wardrobe department got in on it, too. Uh, and so by the time we get there, all there are a few of us that were pretty go-hard. And like, so I'm just like a little buzz, but I'm not even that drunk. I'm actually looking forward to Monster Jam. I had never been to one. <laughs> and we get in there. We had good tickets. We had good seats. But two or three of the people are so partied out by the time we get there, like, just, oh, like, it was like their first time drinking. It was like a ninth grader that just got into the boons or whatever. It's like, this is going to be bad. So this one woman, nicest person, who was, like, so stoked. You could tell it was, like, a big deal to be out with everybody. She is so partied out that she just falls asleep as soon as we sit down, head back, mouth open, facing the sky. There's families around. Oh, my God. There's, like, little kids with monster truck toys. And we're, like, trying to wake her up to, like, walk her around or get her some water or do whatever. And at some point, we just realize that she's completely passed out, that it is hopeless. She So we put, uh, they sold these grave digger foam hats that are shaped like the monster truck. So we just put it directly over her face. <laughs> From chin to the top of her head, and then for the rest of the night, there was just—it looked like a woman that just loved the undercarriage of Gravedigger, staring at the stars. While for two and a half hours, monster trucks did backflips. Fifty thousand people cheered. So loud. Scream. It's so loud. The coked-up people are just screaming as loud as they can. And I, I had this. I. For sure, have photos of all of us just posing together like normal work photos, and then dead centers this poor woman with a grave digger mask over her face. So she could do it for sixty hours. She could go to Monster Jam for sixty hours after you know five or six vodka lacroix. That seems like a good brain for this competition. Like you got to get through Monster Jam. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh man, Lily, so happy. Thank you so much for being on Bananas. 
Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Oh, good. Um, Please come back. You? Yeah, come back on the show anytime. But also, are you coming to LA anytime soon? We should all hang out and have fun. Yeah. I would love to. Um, I know we haven't played like a record show there. So um, yeah, hopefully like early next year or late this year. Okay, we'll be cool. There. Where is home base for Beach Bunny? Where are you guys? You're out of Chicago? Yeah. Okay. Love well, Chicago. if we play the den again, Curdy B. Oh, that would be great. Maybe. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we would love to the have The den you is come. so fun. Yeah, we should set us up, set up a show soon. Well, yeah. thank you, Lily. Everybody go out. Buy Lily's new album. Buy. I say buy. Yeah. Do it. Buy it. Download. Don't just don't just stream it. Go buy Emotional Creature. Go on iTunes and buy it. Go to Sam Goodies. Get the the compact disc. (laughs) They're coming back. Gen Z loves a compact disc now. They're coming. Are you selling any vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it for the first time in in store the other day, and I was, like, taking way too many pictures of it. I think people (laughs) thought I'd back and steal it or something. (laughs) No, that's cool. That's awesome. We'll have a great show tonight, and thank yeah, you for being here. Yeah, have a great show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll see y'all soon. <laughs> All right. Tell Bye Panic later. at the Disco High for us. <laughs> we'll do. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, Curdy B. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.